Hi, I'm Marianne Talkovsky, and you're listening to the Humanity Speaks podcast. With over a decade of experience as a holistic health practitioner and face reader, I've read hundreds of faces and elevated how many people see themselves. Every person's facial features tell a story of who they are and who they came to be. And in this podcast, you will hear what people see and learn about themselves while looking in the mirror. You won't want to miss an episode, so be sure to subscribe. Today, I'm speaking with my dear friend, Anthony Corsaro, who is living in Indianapolis, but is soon to be making a journey to Bend, Oregon. Listen as we talk about his facial features and how water and wood, these two elements, show up in his life. Listen to what he thinks humanity needs most. He shares two compelling things. And also listen to the end to hear what he sees in the mirror. Thanks for listening. All right. So here we are. Humanity Speaks with Anthony Corsaro. That's my name. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we met a year ago. Oh man, how long has it been? I honestly have no idea. It was it was a year ago. Has it been that long? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I don't remember. You called asking for an appointment. Yeah, I remember that. You were I, vetting me. You were. I remember the first appointment. Me. I was a little sketched out. Um, but I was like, <laughs> I, you know, I like I like most of what's going on here. I have some questions, but it was enough to to get me keep me coming back. What was know? sketched out? What were, what were you sketched out about? Well, this that space compared to your new space, like, was not you, you know. So, you were like making sense, but then you being there was not making sense to me. It was a step back. Yeah, yeah, it was a step back, and it's a testament to my clients who had followed me there because I, I, I often commend them for their loyalty because it was it was a hole in the wall. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like sometimes you have to take two steps back to make ten steps forward. Yeah, I get it. And here we are now. So are. what so you like the new space? Yeah, it's way better. It's very <laughs> you. Uh I I really enjoy it much better than the old one. But I, I what, less than five probably appointments at the old space. Maybe two or three tops. I think right away. Okay. You were in the new spot. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So you were seeking acupuncture mm-hmm. and apparently the space wasn't enough to scare you off. Yep. And what has your experience been so, thus far? Amazing. It's been good. I didn't pay you to say that. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, I've been on a health journey for a long time now. Uh, and acupuncture has been a part of that for probably the last two or three years. Because I'm not very good at naturally getting myself into that parasympathetic state. Um, I'm always high high energy. Go, go, go. Do, do, do. Um so acupuncture has been a great um, tool for me uh, in that regard, and it's been it's been great because I need I need more things in my life that get me into that parasympathetic state, that restful state, um, outside of just going to sleep at night. Um, and then the esthetician work, you know, it's funny you you are like this Big Ten football player, you're this macho guy, and then you got a lady giving you facials once a week. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately for you know a long list of reasons i had some really bad facial acne and my skin looks a shit ton better now so i have many things to uh 
to thank for that, but you probably at the top of the list. High five. So I appreciate that. Awesome. Well, let's let's look at this um, this, this handsome mug here. Right. Okay. So nobody can see your face, so you have to hold I the have mirror. To hold, this. Okay. hold the mirror and describe your features. What do you? You didn't see? tell me we were gonna do this. <laughs> Man. So what do you what do you see when you look in the mirror? Describe my features. Like from a purely objective standpoint or, or subjective? Or well, it's going to it's going to be subjective cuz it's what you see in the mirror, so. Hmm. All right, well, I'll stick I'll stick with mainly factual assertions. I'm Caucasian, but I'm not super pale. Uh I got a little bit of I got a little bit of Italian in me, so I got a little bit of pigment. Blonde brownish i don't know what would you say dirty blonde no there's a little red tinges too yeah there is a little bit of red in there in your beard you got um, a full beard full beard hair's hair's trying to leave me up top <laughs> uh but i'm but i'm holding it on for dear life everywhere else is pretty full big ass crooked nose but that's okay i wear it with pride brown i feel like i've always been told i have brown eyes but lately i've been getting more of like a greenish hazel. light brown hazel type deal um but that's really it. Those are the main. Those are the main buckets. It's weird looking at yourself. It's it's weird looking at yourself in a mirror in a room with somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> and what about what about like anything else you see? Like brows. Like you've got a pretty prominent brow bone. Do you see that? Not really. No one's ever really pointed that out to me. I don't even know what that means. If you can look, can you kind of like peek at yourself from a profile standpoint? Do you see your brow bone? No, I see my big ass nose that I already mentioned. <laughs> What's your brow bone? This? Yeah. You see it. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. 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 yeah I can see that. Okay, I'll tell you what that means. Yeah. So, okay. And anything else you want to say about like what you see overall or how you feel when you look at yourself? I see somebody that's searching for something. And I'm sure we'll talk about that. Okay. So all right, my friend, I love that. Awesome. Okay, so a couple things that I see in your face, because um, I know we kind of talked a little bit about the Chinese face reading, but um, the face is a map, and it tells a story of who you came to be, and every feature or marking can represent one of three things. Okay. It could be time of life, which the map in front of us tells us, like, certain years. Mm -hmm. um, it could be an emotional aspect, or it could be a physical. So um, I always like to start with the ears, and on a male the left ear is where life starts. So okay. I'm seeing when I look at the ridge of your ear, there's a little indentation at around age four. So was there something specific at that time? Hmm. And it could be like three, four. I'm trying to think. And it doesn't necessarily mean something tragic or anything crazy happened. It could be the meaning that you put on it. A sibling, a move, sometimes people's parents separate, you know, or or something, a big event. The only thing that I could think of is when I was little, I had literally golden locks. Like, I literally look like Goldilocks. Um, you look like Goldilocks? Yes. And I could show, I'll show you pictures here uh, if you want to see them. But I had golden ringlets of hair. Like, I literally look like a cherub. I look like an angel baby. Um, what and, happened? And I look like a girl. <laughs> no, I looked like a girl, literally. Uh, we would be, like, mom would take us to Target, and I'd be in dirty football pants, a Peyton Manning jersey, and we'd be, like, playing hockey in the middle of the Target out, and, like, people would come up to my mom and say, that is the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. <laughs> and um, 
it was before I went to kindergarten. So it definitely would have been right around age four because I went to kindergarten like five, six. And I looked at my dad one day and I remember it. And I was like, hey, dude, like this hair's got to go. Like I'm tired of getting called a girl. Like, and I regret it now, now that I'm losing my hair. Because <laughs> um, it was a good, it was actually a pretty good look uh, looking back on it. But that's the only thing I could put my finger on there. And we walked in the door and my mom like screeched and was like, what did you do to my baby? <laughs> you know, and I never and I never had long hair ever again after that. I mean, I kind of had like a, it's kind of rocking a Jufro when I and when I was uh, high school, college, but never got back to the to the golden ringlets. OK, so you're claiming your identity, your manhood at age four. Yeah, I guess so. All right. And then I also looked at your other ear and it looks like age 10 to 11 something significant at that time 10 to 11 that would have been fifth or sixth grade i don't know i feel like that's a pretty significant time in most males lives so you're like kind of hitting puberty like figuring out what girls are all about all that kind of stuff and i think we moved to a new house when i was when i was that age but i'm trying to think if there's anything else that i would say is super significant okay i I guess when I just think about that time, I just remember like losing that innocence, right? So I think I went from not caring a lot about a lot of things to caring probably too much about a lot of things, right? Some of those, you started having some of those, not really adult problems, but what you thought were more adult problems. Um, that's the That's the time in your life where you where you start watching movies that you really shouldn't watch or you're watching TV shows you really shouldn't watch and you're kind of getting exposed to things for the first time. And, um, you know, you think about how you looked at those things now versus, or how you looked at those things back then versus how you look at them now. Right. Like I remember when people used to talk about cigarettes, you know, it's like, Oh my God. And then think about like how you think about cigarettes now. Yeah. I still think they're gross, but like I've smoked cigarettes, you know, yeah. or like weed, you know, like back then it's like, you think that, you're literally going to die if you like smoke one joint. And now it's like, I've smoked <laughs> weed, you know, like I know lots of people that smoke weed. So yeah. I think, I think that is just a big time period for those kinds of like transitions. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you said something about like on a search and, and I mean, you are making a huge transition mm -hmm. right now, mm -hmm. which is part of the journey, right? Mm -hmm. For do, sure. Do you want to, say more about that oh man there's a lot there how long do we have we have about 30 minutes <laughs> um without going into every little detail i would just say that i think my life experiences up to this point have brought me to a point where i have started to take a much harder inventory of what I've done, where I'm at and what I want to do. Um, and I've kind of expanded those thoughts and that horizon. Um, and I think you realize that you're just in a constant battle with yourself. Right. Uh, and what I'm trying to find, I guess, is that harmony of self that I, that I don't know if I've had since I was a little kid. Um, I don't know if I don't know if like I don't like myself. I wouldn't say that, right? But it's that pe that I'm not at peace with myself, um, for for various reasons. One is the autoimmune disease that I've been dealing with since I was 14, 15, 16 years old. Um, the other thing is I'm naturally a perfectionist, very workaholic 
personality type. So it's never enough. It's never good enough. It needs to be perfect. Um, and then I think as you just get older and you just learn more about things, you, you have to sift through a lot of information, especially in the age that we live in now to really find out what really matters to you. Um, and what's going to bring you internal peace and internal satisfaction. Uh, and I think for, for the majority of my life, I really enjoyed the ease of having mom and dad tell me that just get good grades and be good at football and, you know, date a pretty girl and like you'll get the A plus, right? I think I enjoyed letting somebody else set the expectations for my life so that it was really easy just to go get that passing grade. Um, and you kind of wake up and some people it happens when they're 16, some people it happens when they're 26 and anywhere in between. But I think the past couple of years, I've just been going through a process where I've realized that I got to wake up every day and know what those things are for me, right? Without the, without the um, inclusion of others' thoughts, opinions, concerns, fears, etc. And I got to be happy with where I'm at towards those things and where I'm going towards those things. And it's not that I'm totally not there. Uh, there's pieces that are better than others, but I'm not there. And what I'm doing now where I'm going to move to Oregon and probably just take this three month health sabbatical is not necessarily about um, I'm going to go accomplish anything incredible in the three months, but I'm just going to give myself the space to go on that journey with myself. Why Oregon? I've been out there a couple of times. Got a good friend from college that. Uh, bought a house out there. He plays in the NFL, so he's only out there in the off season. But his whole family kind of just migrated to there. Um, love him, love them to death. But it honestly is not, you know, it has nothing to do with them and the fact that they live there. It'll be great to have that little kickstart of a support system. But I've just been out there a couple times to visit him, and it's just um, when I came to the conclusion that I was going to have this, you know, take this sabbatical, do this journey, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it just, you know, it just clicked, right? It just hit you right in the gut that that's where you needed to go. And I kind of had considered Denver. I considered Arizona, Salt Lake City, Las Vegas because of the condition that I deal with. My doctors have advised me to go to somewhere with low humidity. Um, you know, the Chinese medicine perspective, which we've talked about is kind of a damp heat thing. So that, mm -hmm. that aligns um, with, with what you and I have talked about. Uh, but basically humidity is not good for me. Uh, the mold and that humidity is bad for my immune system and just the humidity overall for the skin issues that I deal with is, is bad. So it fit that cause it's high desert, it's low humidity. And I've just been there a couple of times and, um, it just seemed like a good place to rest. And I just know that above all I need to rest and I give myself that space to do that. And it seemed like the best place to do that. So what was your life like before? And I, I have a sense of this, but just so you can, mm -hmm. you know, speak this, what was it like before you came to that decision? Like what was in your headspace and how were you living? Mm, just hamster wheeling it, you know, is what I would call it. So like you're working real hard and you're, and you're going real fast, but you're not going anywhere. Um, and I don't, and, and that's probably not fair to certain parts of my life because man, what I've accomplished professionally in the last year or two is, is most people would, would not accomplish in five years. And I don't say that to be arrogant, but you know, I probably do myself a disservice in not uh, taking inventory of that and crediting myself with that. Because you push yourself and push yourself and push yourself. Right. Because it's never enough. Mm -hmm. Right. So <clears throat> I, I think that it was it was partly unreasonable expectations, 
partly you're chasing the wrong thing. So no matter how good you are, those things are never going to fulfill that, that real thing that you're looking for. Right. And then I think thirdly, it was, um, you just coming into a space where you're finally making decisions for yourself or on your own terms or whatever wording you want to use. Uh, and you kind of realize, um, that there's certain things that the way you thought about them for so long was like completely opposite of the way that you might think about them now or something totally, you know, fucks up your paradigm or your viewpoint on that. Um, and it causes you to really, you know, think deeply about how you did think about it, how you're currently thinking about it and how you want to think about it, you know, moving forward. Um, but I don't think life has been bad. I think that when you're someone that has the problems that I have, and then you mix it with kind of the anxiety that has come along with it, you're just always in your own head. And the battle is to remove yourself from from the internal chaos and be able to view it right as as an out as an outside to view it as a viewer, not to view it as you're actually in the experience, so that you can then piece it together and make progress forward. Be the observer. Right. Yeah. Get off the answer wheel for a moment. And like, what am I really doing here? Right. So you made the decision to move. Okay. So I want to go back to something you said about the happiness or the essence of you being a kid. Mm -hmm. Okay. So describe that, that essence. Um, I think that when you're a kid, right, play is really cool. And I've, and I've heard the term beginner's mind, right? So beginner's mind is you go to a place you've never seen before and you're just in awe of the color and you're feeling things and all the things that a kid would do in a new place or a new experience. And I lost that somewhere along the way. Um, I feel like a lot of times now I'm just on guard in experiences like that, right? So I'm looking for potential threats and danger instead of taking it all in and enjoying the positives or the beauty in it. Um, so that's a shift that has to happen, right? And so that that view of the external world i've shifted that to the internal world so it's almost like you're afraid of yourself yep if that makes sense oh yeah yeah because i'm hearing a lack of feeling safe and so you're if you're not feeling safe within yourself you mm -hmm. are going to feel that's going to manifest in your external environment too yeah i know from a metaphysical and chinese medical standpoint autoimmune issues often like the emotional side of that is being highly critical of yourself. Yeah. And um, I wanted to talk about like what I'm seeing in your face. Mm -hmm. Like you have this propensity for drive that is really like intense. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it is because of the brow bone. It's, yeah. it's a high testosterone trait. Yeah. Um, I mean, even on our way here, what were you doing? Step ups on the stairs yeah. <laughs> just to get some <laughs> exercise going. Like yeah. You couldn't just hang out and wait. You had right. to like, um, so yeah, you just have a lot of energy yeah. and the drive piece. It's what we call the wood element in Chinese medicine. So wood it corresponds to the spring season and, if you think about spring, it's this um, the seed in winter that's been buried. Mm -hmm. It's ready to sprout and it's got such momentum to grow that it's willing to bust through concrete mm -hmm. and get to the light, like to grow. That's what trees they grow to the yeah. light. And wood energy is about go, 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 go. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Let's go. Let's grow. Mm -hmm. Let's get stuff done. Let's knock this out. 
okay, what's next? Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I feel most comfortable in the fall and the winter when it's cold and when I'm kind of like in my in my cave, like just working on my craft and getting better. And then I feel less comfortable in the spring and summer when I am bursting out, go, go, go. So that's that's an interesting kind of thing to think about. Well, you were talking about the balance. So the other thing, so the thing about wood energy or it's corresponds to the liver in Chinese medicine, mm-hmm. the liver's the general of the army and it just doesn't know how to stop. It's just constantly working Mm -hmm. so it's always going to be utilizing energy and what needs to happen is to find balance in the other elements so even in your face like the chin and the jaw air the jaw is still wood but the chin and your beard Mm -hmm. that's a water feature which water is all about flow so having this beard here is actually a really nice balance in the face of mm-hmm. the drive because water is about being. Yeah. And it's I a, look way better with the beard. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> well, I remember when you first came, you didn't really have a full beard. Yeah. So but water is really about its being and it's um, being still, it's resting and right. it's creativity. And that's the thing that I would, I would um, recommend to you if I was talking to my, or if, if someone was giving me advice at 27, mm-hmm. I feel like this would be very valuable to hear. I'm not just saying this because I'm saying it. I'm just telling you, like, in Chinese medicine and in face reading mm-hmm. and in life, when you're focused on doing so much and achieving, there's not a lot of time for being creative. Yeah. There's not a lot of time for freedom. Mm-hmm. And freedom, you need um, freedom in order to be creative. Yeah. So I think this is great that you're going out to be a, a mountain man in the high desert, you know, and just having that moment to have that space. Yeah. And I also want to tell you, like, your, your quote, crooked nose. Yeah. That you're talking about. And that's the decade of the 40s. Yeah. And it's also when you're you have that shape of nose, it indicates um, strong business acumen. So that doesn't you, surprise me. Your 40s are going to be a rocking decade and you're just a very astute businessman. Yeah, so that's cool. Yeah. So just know it's in you. It's already wired. Yeah. And take more opportunities, like you said, inventory to create the balance in mm-hmm. slowing down and having fun. And yeah. Being creative. The water thing is actually crazy because... You know, there's words and things that I hope to accomplish during this experience and freedom, creativity, being, and what was the other one you said? Flow mm-hmm. were, are all things that I've written down at various times. Um, and I've just lo- I've lost that. I don't think it's totally non-existent in my life, but uh, it used to be a lot. It used to be there a lot more. Um, and I want to get it back. Uh, and I need to get it back. It's it's part of the culture too. Our yeah. hustle culture. It's societal conditioning. Like mm-hmm. this is like you said. Like here's here's the protocol yep. to get the A plus. Right. You know, and it's go 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 go. Mm-hmm. But really, like there's so much juice in just being. Yeah. You know, you're still gonna get stuff done. Right. I don't ever stop doing and start being. I feel like a lot of the times, like that's not a good. That's not a it's not an authentic way to live, right? Because you're basically doing everything with an agenda instead of just experiencing some things and just just 
taking a breath, taking right? it in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So now you're the observer off the hamster wheel looking at yeah. yourself from that lens. So what, how, how, where does the shift come in? I mean, I think it's, ha- I think it's happening right now. I think it's already started. Um, but that awareness, you just got to build that awareness up to be like the strongest thing you have because that's the first step for everything, right? The first step is, oh, wow, I'm aware that I'm thinking these thoughts. I'm doing these things for this reason or, you know, I'm wired this way or whatever that may be. Um, and then you can take that corrective action, right? Or, or go through the journey of making it better in whatever way that is. Um, but it's funny when I think back, like sports have obviously been a huge part of my life. And when I was real little, I remember it was about playing. And I wanted to win, but it was ultimately about just like playing, having fun with my friends. And at somewhere along the lines, probably fourth, fifth, sixth grade, probably around that age that we're talking about, it wasn't about that anymore. It became competitive. It was about winning. And it was about every game, no matter how how great I was. And I was pretty damn good at pretty much everything. It was about what you did wrong and how you're going to get better the next time. Right? Um, and I think my mom wish wish that our, our the, the three kids did a little more in the arts and on the creative side of things and she was probably right about that um we, we probably spent a little too much time in in the sporting arena but i think that was creative for me at, at one point in time but i just remember feeling how i felt my last season of college football and it was no longer it was a job it was a task and it didn't have to be that way, but I had made it that way. Yeah. It had become that way for me. Yeah. Uh, and there were people in the exact same circumstances that weren't approaching it that way. Uh, but it was it was totally that way for me. Yeah. Again, it's pervasive in our culture. I mean, I I know people that often they turn their hobbies into work. Yeah. Or, you know, they're off doing something fun and like, let me just do this one thing for, yeah. you know, my 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 job or this will benefit my business whereas nate my husband he's so good at cooking and oftentimes i'm like why don't you do a food truck and he's just like no right i would hate cooking then you yeah, know so right. yeah preserving and uh, that play mm-hmm. as sacred mm-hmm. you know and like in this three-month sabbatical that you're taking yeah. you get to do that so that's that's really cool um who was inspiring to you in in growing up who was an influential role model for you definitely both my parents i mean i think the key indianapolis sports figures were like all naturally that like peyton manning reggie miller like all the stereotypical ones but honestly i probably looked up to my parents more than more than anybody yeah um you know i just i look up to the both of them in a lot of ways what do you you love about them um well, the ha- we had, I mean, there was a lot of love going on. I think that we, we sat, like our family says, I love you to each other a lot. Like every phone call all the time, like leaving the room, you know, when we leave uh, being with each other. And like, that's cool. Like, I think that's um, awesome. And I just always respected how hard the two of them worked, but how they never, um, they never like didn't make time for family. Like we had a nanny growing up. Like I, we had a nanny the day I was born, we had a nanny until I was eight or nine years old. And my mom kind of quit her corporate job and she started just consulting and had her own little LLC from home. Um, But 
it's funny thinking back on those eight years. I don't remember a single game that they missed. I don't remember a single time I needed help with homework where they weren't there. I don't remember, like, I don't remember them being absent at all. And they both worked crazy hours. They both traveled for work. They both ran very large or owned their own businesses. Um, and, you know, I think every parent is selfless, but they are like the most selfless people of all time. And they took care of a lot of people that weren't even their kids. And that generosity like was like just crazy to me. So and I'm obviously getting emotional talking about it. <laughs> so, so what has that taught you or how has that shaped you? Um, it just made me want to be like that uh, and revere those qualities in them. Um, and that work ethic and achievement has probably gone a little too far at this point, as we've kind of talked about. Uh, but you know, both, both people place a lot of value on family and that commitment to them and that loyalty for them. And the fact that, you know, we get, I think we get caught up in today's world and we try to change the world. Right. And I think there's a lot of people out there changing the world and I got love for everybody. And I think we kind of all do it in our own separate ways, but the best way to change the world is to you know, make yourself better and make your family unit better, make your tribe better. Um, and I think they both like kind of just embody that. So I think that I want to do that. And this, this journey that I'm about to go on is how I'm going to, I don't want to say fix myself because that term carries the wrong energy with it. Uh, I think it's going to be the time where I give myself this, the space to respect and love myself enough again to to do that and have that effect on my tribe and my family and the world that I live in. You're going to another next phase of evolution for yourself. Yeah. So in this phase of flow and creativity and freedom and slowing down. And no outlook calendars and no outlook emails. And no agenda. <laughs> no agenda. Like right. what's, so, so what's that life like? Like what are you envisioning? I don't know. I've honestly been so wrapped up in like finishing this life strong that I haven't given it the thought that I need to. I think the first week when I'm out there, I, I will just be doing a lot of walking, thinking, journaling, pondering. Um, and I think that with anything in life, you have to give it some real thought and you have to put pen to paper and have some real goals. But with this exercise, you got to be careful about that because it's kind of goes against what you're going out there to do. Um, what do you mean? Well, what I mean is that's what I do now, right? So you don't want to, you don't. You want to take those same habits over or patterns. Yeah, I, it just needs to carry different energy. Um, intention. Yeah, yeah. So what? What? what is your intention? I, I honestly need to spend some more time on that. But my intention is to, is to clear my physical symptoms. My intention is to feel more fulfilled content and confident in my own skin and then my my third intention is to probably project that energy back out into the world because i don't know if i you know i can definitely say the the opposite for all three of those things right now and i think that the specific things that i get um kind of stuck in the mud with or get a hamster wheel on about what what job am i going to do how much money am i going to make am i going to have a pretty wife you know all all that stuff will take care of itself if i can just succumb to trusting the process to do those three things that I just mentioned, right? It's almost like 
you're, you're, you're focusing on the wrong things when those things will take care of themselves. If you focus on these things. So you said not feeling confident in your own skin. Can you say more about that? It depends on the day and depends on the time and the setting. Um, I think we all as people naturally, once we get somewhat good at something, we just want to do that as much as possible. Cause it's like that, um, what's that word? What's that word? Psychology word. It's rewarding. No, um, positive reinforcement, right? It's just the easiest way. It's like the easy dopamine shot you get when you get on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Right. It's just the easiest way to fill that, to fill that, um, pleasure seeking, whatever. I don't know all the technical terms up. Um, and I think that I've been looking at things that aren't that, um, as in, I need to challenge myself and do something real hard and live this real strenuous life. And I think that's always going to be a part of life, but I think it's more about, I gotta give my, I gotta give myself some, some space to go play some more, to do some more creative things, to just be, uh, for some of that stuff. Right. I don't need to go out there and learn to ski or, or snowboard to go be competitive at it. I just need to go have fun. I need to learn how to do it because I want to learn how to do it. But I don't need to hold myself to some standard that when my friends come visit, I need to be the best skier or snowboarder because I live the closest to a mountain. And that's what I, you know, those are the thoughts that I would have in my head. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's a perfect example of like that is something so small and insignificant, really. And it's taking up energy and space in your life that it absolutely shouldn't. Right. right? And you've. And you've, if that's really your goal, you've kind of just totally ruined the whole experience. You've lost that play. You've lost the beginner's mind aspect of even doing it. So is being confident in your own skin, the beginner's mind for you, or just not having an agenda? What is being confident in your own skin? It's a good question. I think it's more so about having having confidence that like you're on the right trajectory and I don't feel that way right now. So I don't know if I could make it super, uh, specific. Right. But it, I think it's whether you're running on the hamster wheel or whether you're walking, you're not on the hamster wheel. You're actually, you know, it's not being stagnant. It's not, it's not, um, question questioning. Right. I'm, I'm not doing a very good job articulating it. Um, I, I think from what I've heard you say, because I've heard you talk about being an observer. I've heard you talk about like always assessing threats or dangers and really wanting to. We talked about you feeling safe, mm -hmm. you know, and then um, trusting that. Yeah. That sounds to me like confidence, you know, like. Yeah, I think. I, I relate everything back to sports, right? But sure. we all do this. We all have these things in different parts of our life where we do it. And if someone observed us, they'd be like, wow, he's really good at that. And like, we do, we're doing it with a smile on our face and it's like effortless. Right. Right. Um, and that's why we revere these sports figures or, or actors or whatever they are, because when they do those things and they're doing it so effortlessly, it's like, that's, that's their purpose. That's what they were put on this earth to do. It might not be, the, might not be the only part. Um, but the the bigger piece of that is um, I don't do that a lot in my daily life right now, right? So 
it's just it's like fucking so much effort every day to, right. to live and like that's not the right way to live so that's either a, that's a you're doing the wrong things you're perceiving them the wrong way or you know there's 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 multiple things that that could be um but there's not enough of that in my life right now yeah well and the other thing i was going to say was that you had mentioned was loving yourself yeah like it always comes down yeah. to that mm-hmm. when you do that yeah. there is no effort right I, I read this quote the other day and it was, I wasn't addicted to one thing. I was addicted to feeling, to filling the void with many things that weren't my own love, my own self-love. And I was like, whoa. That's, that's a one to ponder and journal and yeah. walk about. Yeah. And that's, and that's, and that's like, that just hit home for me. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to butcher this one. And I read in the same day, I read another quote that was like, it's easy to confuse a life of a lot of activity with a purposeful life. You know, and and I don't want to discredit my current life because I work with awesome people every day. I have a great family. I get to do stuff like this with people like you. So I'm not I'm not here to have to like bear the torch of like I'm this I'm this victim and my life sucks and all this. Right. But we know as human beings, once we start tapping into our own intuitive energy, when that is off. So it is someone you know, being the director of sales and marketing in Indianapolis Fruit was my purpose for this to, to get me to the frame of mind that I'm in right now, but it's not my purpose anymore, right? So you have to value that, but you also have to know that, okay, it's time for me to move on from that. Yeah. And, and that that's probably been the hardest thing. I've made this decision, I don't know, two or three months ago to do this. And I've just been kind of waiting and waiting and waiting because, you know, family business, I feel very intense loyalty to... to to finish it strong, to train the people replacing me. Um, so it's almost like you're living, you're living two lives. Right. And and once you decide, once you make that decision, like you really should go, like you really should just do it. Yeah. Uh, and that was one thing I really had to have a really firm conversation with my parents about, because naturally, um, biologically, they're wired to protect you, and there's going to be a lot of times where you're just going to know, like, this is fucked up. I need to do X. And they're going to look at that and say, it's crazy for all the parenting protection reasons that they should, but you need to still do it because it's fucked up and you know, and you know that Yeah, you can feel it. You're seeking and it's a calling and you have the drive already wired in you. The other energy is the flow. Right. So tapping into that flow. So that being said, what do you think that humanity needs most? Wow. What do I think humanity needs most? Can I say two things? Sure. Obviously, it's an election year, and there's all kinds of crazy shit going on with that. But the the first thing I think humanity needs most is the ability to truly listen, not to wait for their turn to talk, but to truly listen and to find common ground common ground, and agree to solutions in the middle. That is truly the only way that we've ever accomplished great things in society. And it seems like we've gone so far polarizing directions, not just in politics, but in everything that we can't, we, we can't really fix anything because we can't listen to each other and find common ground. So what happens when we truly listen? Understanding? I think that, yeah, I think, you know, 
there's another quote. I love quotes. You cannot fix what you do not understand, right? Especially if, if you're coming to me with a problem that you have, right? And I just want to talk, 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 give you all the advice, but not even listen to what you're saying. How the fuck am I going to know? It's not my problem, right? Right. Um, so if I don't really listen to understand and get to a, and get to a level of understanding, how am I going to help you or, or, and you could apply that to any problem that we have. I had a, someone share with me, they felt like listening could be so powerful that it could actually help the person talking change. Yeah. I think that. Say that again. Like listening could be so powerful that, you know, you listening to me, me feeling so deeply heard can help me change. Mm -hmm. Even, even while I'm still talking, you know, like, cause you're mm -hmm. holding space and you're really, truly seeking to understand to the point where I shift, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, so most of the time when shit gets really bad, it's because nobody listened to that person. Yeah. If you think about it. Yeah. So they have so they feel that they need to do something that drastic to be heard. Yeah. Yeah. What's the second thing? I don't know the way that I want to articulate it, um, but my experience in the food business has kind of taken me down this uh, regenerative agriculture and food as medicine um, path and our ag and pharma and food industries are so fucked up and so corrupt um, and so horribly designed to make people fat and sick and broke. Um, and it's really disheartening. And I read, I read a really good book by Dr. Mark Hyman called Food Fix, and I recommend anyone to read it. Um, but the problem with the book, and it literally, and I kid you not, it literally threw me into a, into a depression um, because it's, it's a really well-written book and it's very well-researched, but Docs spends every chapter, you know, for every nine pages are about the problem, the 10th page is about the solution. And the reason is, and he needed to do this because people need to understand the problem like we just talked about. And there's way more information on the problem than there's on the solution because we haven't started working on the solution. And I'm not, I'm not Republican, Democrat. I'm probably a libertarian if I had to categorize myself. But all the data really shows and how my personal, how I've personally had a relationship with food and I've worked in the food business and for a fresh food distributor, what I can tell you is, our, our current practices are just so out of touch with nature, right? That if we would just turn back to nature and allow that to guide us, we, we, we could solve, farmers would be more profitable, yields would be better, people's food would be better for them, it would taste better, climate, we would, we would sequester more carbon and it would, um, and it would help with climate change and all that, right? Um, but once again, nobody wants to listen, right? Yeah. Uh, and nobody and nobody wants to listen to the people doing that. Nobody wants to listen to Mother Nature telling us that we're really fucked up. Nobody wants to listen to the numbers of the chronic disease epidemic that we're currently seeing in, in our country. Uh, nobody wants to look at our healthcare, you know, funding problem from that lens. Right. Right. Nobody wants to look at the farm bill and see that we only um, subsidize row crop 
that spray with a shit ton of chemicals that turns into the corn syrup that goes in soda pop and doesn't and doesn't produce any of the things that actually give us nutrients. We produce a lot of calories and we don't produce any nutrients. Three percent of what we grow in this country is fruits and vegetables that people will eat and, you know, be healthy. Right. It's all soybeans, corn, bullshit. Wow. Wheat, you know, Um so I guess the second thing to wrap up that huge ramble uh, <laughs> would would just be that. Better we, nutrition? No, we need to get back to trying to outsmart Mother Nature. Right? Outsmart and, or and, be one? And, and be one with it. Spend more time in it. I mean, we just get... We get so caught up. We wake up in our air-conditioned house. We get in our fucking air-conditioned car. We drive to our office building, right? We get, we go to a restaurant and then we go home and we go to bed in our air-conditioned house again. And that's cool. And we should be very thankful for the technology and and all of that. Like I get all that, um, but we're we're very out of touch. You know, we we take a pill to do everything. We take we take Adderall to study. We take birth control to make sure we don't get pregnant. We take other things. We do in vitro to get pregnant. You know, the list goes on and on and on. And it's like we have to sit back and figure out what we can keep of all these great things, of all these great advances, right? But we have to keep the things that actually have the best outcome or the best yield. And, and we, we're not doing that. And support our longevity. Right. And our, and our happiness, our joy. Right. Um, that was not a rant, by the way. It was awesome. A ramble. Okay, so to wrap this up, full circle moment. What do you see? Who do you see in the mirror? Mm. Um, hmm. I see somebody that's working on changing himself to help change the world. That's what I would say. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. Well, I am so happy for you and your journey. You yeah, you've been a big part of it, so I'm really appreciative for you. It's been awesome. Do, do you like your skin, by the way? Do yeah, you like my skin? skin looks a lot better. <laughs> it looks incredible. Uh, I wish people could. I wish people could look at us so they could see a picture of what my skin looked like when you first got a hold of me to what it looks like now. I'm so glad that you came, even for just a, a, a moment. But when you're in town, you have to come visit. Yes, yes, of course. And keep me uh, posted on your journey. And you're, 10 years from now, your 37-year-old yeah. self, yeah. you're uh -huh. 27 right now, uh -huh. your 37-year-old self, listen to this and be proud. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Humanity Speaks podcast. With the rise of social media engagement and video conference calls, many people are feeling more self-conscious about seeing themselves face on. I believe that if you love yourself when you see yourself, you elevate humanity, which is why I've created programs to help people love who they see in the mirror. I wanna show you how to look at yourself with love, compassion, and acceptance, so you can share your strengths, presence, and talents with pride. The best part is we can work together one-on-one -on -one in a group program, or even in person. Simply visit MarianneTelkovsky.com or follow me on Instagram at MarianneTelkovsky and we can get started right now on your path to radical self-acceptance, healthy aging, and building your radiant energy. Until next time, signing off, this is Marianne Telkovsky with Humanity Speaks.